3: Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials.
4: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Move the Sticks here on a Thursday. Great to be back here with my guys in person. How about a round of applause for these two? The work they did in Indianapolis in the booth. Our lead draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah on the field. Bucky Brooks down there getting it done. Uh, you guys, fantastic work uh, as you. always. It's uh, fun.
0: It's fun combine. It's great know. to be back it a after the
4: combine too. By the way. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, like probably the fastest combine we've ever seen. We're gonna get into some of those combine takeaways here in a little bit. But just when you think, guys, like, all right, we're riding the high of the combine on Monday. <laughs> (laughs) Like, all right, let's just take a breath. No, 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 because the news ramped up the energy once again, and that's where we are going to begin here with a little Big 3 action. And, look, I feel like there's more stories than that, but the Big 3 are pretty darn big, and it starts with Russell Wilson. At long last, some clarity on his future update. It's going to be as an opponent in Seattle. Russell Wilson now a Denver Bronco. According to Ian Rapp report, Denver, the only place Russ wanted to go, and James Palmer telling me on the NFL Inside Report pod that when Wilson came to Denver to take his physical, people in the building were taken aback by how much homework he had done on the Broncos. Obviously, they had done homework on him, clearly something that had been in the works here for a few weeks. So let's look at the trade compensation here for Russell Wilson. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth that the Seahawks are sending to Denver. They're also sending players Drew Locke, Defensive end Shelby Harris and a former first-round pick in Noah Fant, the tight end. Uh, The Broncos also get a fourth-round pick in addition to a potential future Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. DJ, what does this do now for the Broncos right away? It's a home run. I mean, it
0: is mission accomplished if you're the Broncos. You look at what they're able to get done with this move. It's hard to find a caliber quarterback like Russell Wilson. You just can't find him. They never become available. So to be able to lock him down, this is a top three or four defense in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. So you add in that defense that he has. They've got a running back in Javante Williams. It's a rising star. The skill position talent that they have. I know the division's stacked. I know the conference is stacked. But in my opinion, uh, this is a this is a Super Bowl caliber team right now.
5: Let me, it's, a, it's, it's a good team. Uh, he goes and changes furniture. He gets weapons on the outside in Cortland Southern, K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy. But I'm not necessarily convinced that this brings him closer to getting the elusive Super Bowl that he is chasing. We talk about their defense, and their defense was lights out, but Vic Fangio is no longer calling the defense. So I wonder, can they replicate and duplicate what they've been able to do previously? And then from an offensive standpoint, this offensive line, Similar to the offensive line that he left, it's not solid. So to me, there's a lot more work to do in Denver to ensure that he has a chance to kind of make a run at the title. One, one thing is to me,
0: when you're looking at margins, right? You're trying to improve in the margins. The gap between what the Broncos were playing with at quarterback, yes, and what they're That's now big. playing with quarterback, That's is big. tremendous. So. Ah, uh, that and, that alone is going to make a huge difference.
4: And, and look, in far, as far as compensation goes, I mean, like this feels like a win. And I get it; they gave up some players in addition to the two first-round picks. But man, it just, it feels like to get a a player of this caliber—that's the cost. That that's that's a win. But and, that, like, look, I you know, want to talk about Noah Fand was a first-round pick, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they have got Alberto Cucuibuna, who you know hasn't been that much of a drop-off from from what Fand has given them. I, I don't know maybe see maybe Seattle really unlocks him but I still I want to go back to when there
0: was talked about Russell Wilson being available I remember I tweeted out mm-hmm. and I said the Philadelphia Eagles should part with all three of their ones yeah. and people lost their minds you can't trade three ones well when you look at trading a top 10 pick which was higher than anything the Eagles had yeah. and then you had another first round pick two seconds and all those players yeah that's what it would have cost but also let's 100%. put into
4: perspective that the Seahawks paid two first round picks for Jamal Adams yeah, no. Kidding. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, like, think about that. I know there's there's additional yep. compensation here for Russell Wilson, but man, it just it feels like this was not the overly exorbitant type of deal. You know, three oh, first rounds and and major you know Pro Bowl type players. So felt like that was a win uh, for the Denver Broncos. How does this become a win for the Seattle Seahawks, DJ? What do they now do with this huge vacancy at quarterback? Well, in talking to friends around the league, the
0: expectation from every single one of them is that when it's all said and done, Deshaun Watson's going to be the quarterback for the Whoa. Seattle Seahawks. Whoa. Whoa. That's they just the expectation. Now, look, there's obviously the legal hurdles that exist, and yeah. that that that's on its own timeline, so that would have to be resolved. But I haven't talked to anybody that thinks Pete Carroll is, is going to take this thing down to the studs with John Schneider, and this is going to be a three- or four-year rebuild. The expectation just, again... Not any personal knowledge of that situation, but everybody in the league, and I'm talking about everybody you talk to, expects
5: this to be the outcome. Well, when you think about their division and what they just witnessed with Matthew Stafford coming over and what the Rams were able to do, it does make sense that they will follow suit. If they're not going to do the draft and developmental plan, and it probably makes sense for them not to do that considering Pete Carroll's age, Look, they need to get a quarterback. And so now you're talking about a younger, dynamic quarterback that can allow them to jumpstart and get right back into the race. They still need to fix their defense. He is used to not playing behind a stellar offensive line because he didn't have one in Houston. You have weapons on the outside and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. It would give the Seattle Seahawks an opportunity to reset while still focusing on their defense because they still have good quarterback play. Real
0: quick, if all this stuff were to happen... It's an upgrade. And talent. And talent at the position. Deshaun Watson in the is an upgrade Yes, you got an extra four or Russell, five Russell. years
4: yeah. you know, of, of Deshaun Watson in terms of the age gap between those two players. Uh, now, look, tomorrow, Friday is actually a big day uh, in mm-hmm. the Deshaun Watson legal hurdles. They'll try to figure out they'll have a grand jury uh, to see whether criminal charges will be brought. And, look, if that happens, oh, then, then, then it's then a whole it's different, different ballgame. Yeah. But if no criminal charges for Deshaun Watson... Feels like something the Seahawks can figure out. And uh, boy, would that be really interesting up there in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, let's move on to story number two, which is a pretty darn big story. Oh, although (laughs) that the Russell Wilson trade kind of uh, kind of swept under the rug a little bit. The whole he loves me, he loves me not cycle surrounding Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay. Also coming to a close, Rodgers agreeing to return to the Packers on a deal that, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, although with some pushback from Rogers uh, would pay him 200 million over four years and make him the highest paid player in NFL history. Take a look here at the highest paid quarterbacks for this coming season. That, if Rodgers gets the 50 mil, that would put him five mil ahead of Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott up there in the forties uh, as well. And again, those uh, Rogers details on that contract still, yeah, it sounds like there's still some work to be done, but those were the initial numbers from our NFL Network insider, Ian Rappaport. So, um, it, now what for Rodgers and the Packers? Like, he's back, which it kind of felt like we were moving towards that, but what do they what do, they do now to try to get over this hump in the playoffs?
5: they got to win a Super Bowl, and so yeah. what they need to do is they need to figure out how can they play better in the postseason. Back-to-back years, they've been the number one seed. Back-to-back years, they've had home field advantage throughout the postseason, but have not been able to get it done. Part of the reason they have not been able to get it done is, in my estimation, The way that they play is not conducive to playing in January. When you think about championship football in that weather, you have to be able to run the football. When you look at the Packers, the last three playoff losses, we talk about less than 70 rushing yards on the ground. But more indicative of that is they've only had fewer than 16 attempts in each of their last three playoff losses. So they're not even attempting to run the football They have to be able to to run the football to take some of the pressure off Aaron Rodgers to be able to control the game and give themselves an opportunity to win the game late. They haven't been able to do so. That has to be the focus, not regular season play. How can we build this team to win the postseason?
0: Yeah, they gotta be more balanced. You gotta be able to win different styles of games. And when you find yourself into the postseason, there's gonna be times where you find yourself in one of those muddy, ugly games, which they keep finding themselves in and they can't win in that environment. So, need to be a little bit more physical from that standpoint. I think that's not just running the football. I think getting another big physical weapon to pair with Devontae Adams is a big part of that. But guys, the deck has been cleared. You looked at the video of them playing against the San Francisco 49ers team that beat them last year. They're breaking in a new quarterback. Mm -hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl a year back. They're breaking in a new quarterback. Seattle, Russell Wilson's gone. Like, to me, the deck in the NFC has been pretty cleared. So they're going to win that division running away. They're by far the best team, but they're not going to be judged until they start doing something in the postseason.
4: That's what they're going to be judged. And look, and there's still personnel work to be done there in Green Bay. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was the biggest piece, and now that he is back, uh, you know, that that we can kind of figure out the rest of the chips here, but working on a long-term deal for Jair Alexander to maximize whatever years you end up getting here off this next Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, same for Devonte Adams; got to be more than a one-year deal here, right? You know, he's going to be back no matter what since they franchise-tagged him. But figuring out a long-term solution there uh, would obviously go a long way to maximizing these last couple of years with Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, what happens with Darius Smith? Uh, but maybe the, the the biggest question mark is DJ. What now happens with Jordan Love? <laughs> Uh, who they traded up to get in the first round two years ago.
0: Well, I would imagine he's probably going to be on the move, and I don't know that you're really going to be excited with what you get in terms of the compensation. I, I go back, I know this is going in the wayback machine, but remember when the, uh, the Broncos drafted Tommy Maddox and he was going to send John Elway into <laughs> retirement? Yeah, well, Elway paid seven years after that pick, and they ended up parting with Tommy Maddox for a fourth-round pick. I don't think you're
4: getting more than a three, personally, for Jordan Love. Um, but Is it I, this year or do you still try to continue? I mean, because Aaron Rodgers, you know, was more than two years sitting behind Brett Favre.
0: They know more than we do having watched him every right. single day. That's the thing. Um, so they're going to they have a better opportunity to make a good decision there. But I would not be surprised if that trade was made and then you brought in a veteran to kind of be that, you know, that emergency guy in case Rodgers got hurt.
5: So here's what I would say. I would say, like, with Jordan Love and the way they're spending the money on Aaron Rodgers, they need Jordan Love to continue to develop because this should be a Jimmy Garoppolo situation if you're J- Jordan Love or if you're advising Jordan Love. Hey, work your tail off. Be ready to play in case you get an opportunity because a couple things could happen. One, Aaron Rodgers could get hurt. Two, they could win the Super Bowl, and right after winning, he retires. They still would need a quarterback. He needs to be able to play. Jordan Love needs to be ready because he could still get his opportunity in Green Bay, or it could help him elsewhere.
4: Aaron Rodgers, though, back with the Packers after all the tumults of the last couple of off-seasons. Good to finally put that to rest. Good to put the Wilson trade speculation to rest. But there is some more quarterback. <laughs> One more trade to get to. QB News continuing with the Colts trading Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. And to illustrate just how quick Wentz's tenure in Indy was, the pick the Colts sent to Philly to acquire Wentz last off-season won't be made for another seven weeks. So there's that. So now let's look at the entirety of the picks that have been shelled out for the services of Carson Wentz in his crew. Remember, the Eagles traded all the way up to number two to select him on a North Dakota State back in 2016. Uh, and then, of course, the Eagles traded him to Indy. And now what the commanders have – he's commanded three first-round picks, two second-round picks, four-thirds, and a fourth. Mm. That's got to be like an
5: all-timer. That's a lot of compensation. That is
4: a ton of compensation. But Bucky – How do you feel like Wentz works out here with the Commanders?
5: You know, I don't don't know because I think he steps into a worse situation, and I don't know if he's an upgrade over what they were playing with a season ago. Yes, he's more talented than the quarterbacks that are there, but I don't know if he's going to be a better leader than the guys that were there. Because remember, by all accounts, this is a guy that was supported by the Philadelphia Eagles front office and by Frank Wright of the Indianapolis Colts, yet both franchises moved on from him. So... Carson Wentz has to dig deep and kind of figure out what is going on. Why is he not able to kind of retain the QB1 spot? It may be on the field. It may be off the field. But regardless, he has to figure it out because going into Washington, they need him to be QB1 and a leader. And I just don't know if he's built like that right now.
0: Yeah, once upon a time we talked about it on the podcast. You, you know, we probably dig it up and find it. But I thought he was going to be one of the top three quarterbacks yep. in the NFL at one point in time in his career. I no longer feel that way. He did a whole show on yeah. golf versus. Uh, I know, I know. And look where <laughs> how both this they the yeah. ended up. But uh, to me, I, I am legit worried about the confidence. And I am trying hard. If you're Ron Rivera, if you're the Commanders organization. To remind him, we wanted you. Forget the guys that didn't want you. We wanted you. We believe in you. the guys that
4: we tried to get before oh, we got yeah. you.
0: And that's the other part of it. I think that, that is the re- this is the result of yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo having that shoulder issue. Yeah. Because I think Garoppolo was kind of the the plan C for a lot of these teams. When you yeah. look at the the two big ones with Rodgers and Wilson, once they were off the table, it was then Jimmy G. Now you get to the issue with his throwing shoulder you can't mess around with that. So then it became the decision of do you want Carson Wentz or do you want Trubisky,
4: Mariota in free agency? And they it's went. What they, decided they went Wentz. Wentz. And look, it, it, they're giving up two thirds. One of them conditional could become a second. Um, but they're also having to take on you know twenty eight mil. That was the
0: surprise that they yeah. didn't make,
4: make Indy eat some of that. Yeah, I mean, well, look, 28 mil is is quickly becoming a bargain in terms of starting quarterbacks since we just showed you the 40 mil, the guys that are making 40 mil a year. Uh, He's certainly not on that level. But I'm just wondering, in in terms of level of quarterbacks, like, how do we feel like Carson Wentz is going to deal with, even though you said he's more talented than Taylor Heineke, who I believe is the only quarterback that's actually Mm -hmm. on their roster right now, how's he going to deal with, like, the whispers? You know, first turnover, he gets, oh, you know, Time to go back to Taylor Heineke. Like, is that another situation where he's gonna have to fend off a Nick Foles type in the background? You know, I, how do you have? How can we sit here confidently and say that that's
0: gonna that's gonna all work out? I can't. I we have to yeah. see what happens. I just hope he gets off to a great start. That's yeah. that's gonna be big. Yeah, it's gonna be. Teammates critical. love
5: Taylor. Yeah, teammates love him, and so because of that, he has to earn their respect through his work and just the way that he goes about his business. He still can turn the tide. He still can revive his career. He just has some work to do as a leader
4: yeah like overall, the numbers twenty seven and seven last year, not bad. It's just some of those big, some of those crucial plays and big time moments when the team needed the most uh, couldn't come up with those.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
4: it is now time to move into the body shop, and we are looking at the AFC West this week and now taking a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, putting them into the body shop. This is a team uh, that obviously... Uh, went, uh, you know, uh, deep into the playoffs once again, winning the division once again, uh, but didn't get back to the Super Bowl this year. Buck, what can we do this offseason for the Chiefs that gets them back there?
5: Find a way to balance out the offense by adding maybe a more dynamic running back to the mix. Clyde edwards has not necessarily lived up to expectations as the bell cow running back. And so you have to find someone who can run these opponents out of this too deep coverage that they're playing to slow down Patrick Mahomes with a better, more efficient, and effective running game, now you can open up the field and get back to playing Chiefs football, which is bombs array, a lot of sizzle, a lot of pizzazz, everyone loving Patrick Mahomes because he's able to throw it over the top of the defense. To do that, they have to have a runner that can set the table and force teams out of that too deep shell.
4: Real quick on that on a running back. Considering what they have in Edwards-Alaire, what fits best? Is it a bigger-body physical guy, or is it more of like the lightning in a bottle type of guy?
5: No, I think a bigger-body physical guy. Is that like a Sean
4: Haskins, a Brian Robinson type? Look, man,
5: I think even an Isaiah Spiller would Spiller, be a nice yeah. fit for them. Someone that can do a little bit of everything so they don't have to bring them off the field. They have to get better. They need a more dynamic running game a presence to change our defenses defend them. Some people might use Mariona Rivera in this example, but I'm going
0: to use, use Trevor okay. Hoffman. Oh. They need a closer. And to me, Bucky's talking about backs. That could be a four-minute back that could end the game. I'm talking about getting somebody on the defensive line that can finish a game. When your offense does what they did against the Cincinnati Bengals and runs up a big lead, who can close out games for you? They need to address that defensive line, continue to add to that group, support Chris Jones with some more playmakers. So to me, I'm looking at that defensive line saying you can't have enough pass rushers. When you have an offense like these guys possess – Uh, Go get one. Boye Mafé is an example of somebody that could be there when they pick. If he is, run that card up because that speed and burst off the edge – Man, that looked great in case. I,
5: I like it because he kind of reminds me of Eric Gagne a little bit, the way he can just close out the game. Oh, hey. Eric Gagne. Whoa, like whoa, something whoa. like that, right? We got Dodger like, Padre hey, issues yes. going on over uh-huh. here. I was trying to stay out of this. Wow. I uh-huh.
4: to talk to close it out. Jason Isringhausen? Okay. You need to bring the Cardinals <laughs> into this? Stop. Okay. Just stop.
0: And don't dare. Don't even think about Kenley Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that one alone. Go ahead.
4: Let's move on into this body shop, make some room for the LA Chargers. Uh, You know, look, have consistently been one of the more talented teams in this division, just have not found their way uh, into the postseason here as of late. So let's figure out how we can do something for Justin Herbert to maximize one of the best quarterbacks in football right now.
0: Yeah, I think when you, you look at the offense, it's, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. They need a tackle, but I would say tight end is an area they could address. Uh, Jared Cook's a free agent. So being able to go out and get a tight end, I think you can do that in the middle rounds to compliment Trey McKitty, who they took in the third round last year. But the defensive side of the ball, same dance as the Chiefs. They need more defensive linemen. You got Joey Bosa is kind of that anchor there. They need to support him and around him. They got a ton of free agents they have to make decisions on. Chenna Nuosa would be towards the top of that list for me, uh, trying to get him back. But man, that would be uh, the two areas I would look specifically, I'd start on that defensive
4: Kaiser, White, and both up on yeah. free agent deals. Feel like is the bigger priority I, there? I, I think we'll get into it later in the show yeah. about the depth of
0: this linebacker class. Yeah. I think you can find one of those in the middle rounds. Edge rushers, even though it's a good group, you don't like those guys to leave the building.
5: Look, I think the, the, the needs are very similar to the Kansas Chiefs. You have to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to do that because it's important that they're not able to allow teams to kind of just leak it out the way they've been when they needed to get off the field. But also... Being able to add another weapon in the backfield to Austin Eckler, they need a big physical back, someone that enables them to grind it out when necessary. Bigger back, more physical. It's about being able to play playoff football down the stretch. I think that certainly will help them.
0: Yeah, going back to the D-line real quick. You said bigger with backs. They need to get bigger on that front, too. They interior D linemen. Just get bigger. Yeah. Linval Joseph's a free agent. They need to just get big guys.
4: They play with a light box. You play with a light box, you got to be big up front. Sounds like there's some guys in, in Georgia that could fit <laughs> that bill. Uh, big, fast, physical, if that's the sort of thing you're interested in in your interior defensive lineman, We are definitely getting into that. Our takeaways uh, from the combine uh, are on the way here. Uh, in fact, we are going to head back uh, t- to Indianapolis. Metaphorically, of course. Look, all four days of the Combine brought some major highlights uh, for sure as we kick off our Elite Eight segment here today on Move the Sticks. And we're giving you our eight biggest impressions from the workouts that we saw in Indianapolis. And uh, I guess one word to describe everything – would be fast, and the edge rushers certainly fit that billboard.
5: Yeah, the edge rushers are certainly there, and they are plentiful. They're all over the place, and when you watch these work out, these guys work out, I mean, they're superheroes coming off the edge from Aiden Hutchinson being able to make moves. Uh, We saw Kayvon Thibodeau put up a very impressive time, but then even going down the line, Jermaine Johnson, Boye Mafei, on and on and on. There's so many guys that you're able to target to really upgrade your pass rush. I think this is a defensive coordinator's delight. You're going to be able to get a hunter to get after these quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, it's loaded. I mean, it's a great group. I think we could see, you know, five of them potentially go in the top 10 or 11 picks, which sure. is just kind of indicative of what kind of group it is. Uh, to me, though, the biggest takeaway it, it encompasses some of that is georgia just, oh just geez. georgia i mean what a year for georgia Pretty good you, word you talk about the atlanta braves win the world series the georgia bulldogs win the national championship you just won the the combine championship yep. because that was i'd never seen anything like that with those guys trayvon walker we tried to tell people that it was coming mm-hmm. Devonte wyatt we tried to explain to people that it was coming <laughs> but then all of a sudden while we were talking about those guys that big monster Jordan <laughs> Jordan davis. davis showed up Damn. and stole the whole show So, no, it was – and it was not just that group. It was then uh, Channing Tindall, the linebacker, jumping 42 inches. Quay Walker having an outstanding workout. Scene, who ended up running the four threes as a safety. It was just one guy after another. And Jermaine Johnson would make it honorary Georgia Bulldog after having transferred from there. I've never seen – One school's class on one side of the ball dominate that event like we saw Georgia do.
4: Yeah, and look, um, I I think if you're an offensive lineman watching those D linemen work out, it's like, man, I better go get some beef jerky. Oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nice. You, you guys had some fun with Cam yeah. Jurgens right up in the I booth, love it. you and Rich. I mean, he had a fantastic workout, but let off what was a very okay, impressively move. athletic mm. group of offensive linemen. I mean, guys, we had 12-0 linemen run a sub-five-second 40-yard dash, which doubled the pre- previous record since 03, which was six back in 13. More guys ran sub-540s this year than the previous three combines combined. Like I mean, Iki Aquanu going sub five. I mean, Jergens who had a yeah. terrific field workout and went sub five in the forty. Um, I mean, uh, Darryl Rosenthal from uh, Ken- Rosenthal yeah. Kentucky was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I mean, it, look, this is a really athletic group, and well, they had to be considering what was going on the next day with the D linemen. No doubt. And Juergens, I'll say this right now: don't be shocked if he
0: gets picked ahead of Tyler Linderbaum. Don't be mm, shocked if that happens. Really? He's got that kind of grades. People love him around the league, and he had a phenomenal workout. He's longer. That's
4: a first-round He's grade. healthier. It? Yes, it he's is. He's going to
0: find – I think he's going to go early in the, on the second round. Yes, it is. We'll see what happens. Around Maybe late first, early second. All right, let's keep it moving here. I'm going to go with these uh, day two off-the-ball linebackers. Yep. That, to me, was a major takeaway. And so when Day you, two of the draft. Day two of the yep. draft. So when you look at the, the first-round guys, we kind of assume Devin Lloyd's going to go in the first round, N'Kobe Dean – I think they might get punished a little bit for this next group of players. When That's you start looking at Quay Walker, who we just talked about, Christian Harris from Alabama, Troy Anderson, Montana State, Leo Chanel Wisconsin, Brian Osamo, Oklahoma, Damone Clark, LSU, Chad Muma, Montana, or uh, from, uh, Wyoming. from Wyoming. Yeah. These guys are all day two, second, third round picks who are big, long, fast. So to me, when I look at that depth – I think some teams who might have been in the linebacker business in round one, they might say, mm, we'll go somewhere else in round one. We'll come right, come back and circle around and get one of these guys in day two.
5: No, look, I'm, I'm with you. You're talking about uh, defense. I'm going to continue to stay with that theme. How about the defensive backs and the speed? We saw early in the combine, the wide receivers put on a show, all that straight line speed and everything. But then we saw the DB show up. And as I've always contended, the best athletes on the field are always the DBs. They're the Catholics. They're the only ones that start going backwards before they go forwards. And we saw a lot of impressive workouts on the day. We saw Sauce Gardner. We saw on and on and on. The list of guys that could play and do it. And the movement skills were so impressive that you're going to be able to get a starter day two, second and third round. Guys that can come off the field and make immediate contributions on the edges. Because they not only have speed, they have size. And a lot of these guys are outstanding tacklers as well.
4: So you guys have talked about this on the pod before with Matt Rule, who's been on the pod, back when he was at Baylor, uh, wanted speed. Oh, so I think what happened <laughs> down in Waco was that they forgo they, they didn't do spring football. In yes. Spring, they just let everybody run track uh, because it was a Baylor four-by-one team out on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis this week. I mean, the four guys that ran from Baylor, all of them ran sub-four-five, oh, yeah. and Kalen Barnes goes up and hits us with the four-two-three, which of course the fastest time we've seen from a DB. On- since 2003, and one of the fastest we've seen all time. He's Same older. for Tyquan Thornton, mm-hmm. who went 4'2'8. Big, tall receiver too. I mean, like it was impressive the way that the uh, Baylor Bears were lighting up the turf. JT Woods with the 4'3'6'40 as a safety. Tristan Ebner 4'4'3. I mean, like they were rolling, guys. And so one thing you know when you're going to take a dude and fill out his name and his card, and, and you're going to fill out that school as Baylor. We know you're getting some speed.
0: Yeah, it was impressive, the, the show that they put on. Uh, I'm going to go to the running back position and say I thought speed two guys just kind of elevated them ab- above everybody else. And, and Brees Hall, no surprise at all. He worked out like a champ. He was outstanding. But then it's not just what he did. To me, it was a battle of, okay, who else gets in that conversation with him? Mm-hmm. I, I like Spiller a lot from AM, but Kenneth Walker, guys, he was phenomenal. As fast as he run, it ran, as good as the field workout was, and we talked about this the other day, Buck, Talk to Mel Tucker about him, and you get the, the character and the intangibles off the charts. So both those guys, I think, hear their name called early on the second day. That Second-round picks, high second-round picks. And
5: the second round has been the sweet spot where we found these guys that have been very successful in the league. Jonathan Taylor was a second-round pick and had a ton of success. But I'm going to go to the quarterbacks. And as much as we raved about the quarterbacks during our time that week at the Combine, maybe the quarterback class spooked some of the executives around the league. Because as soon as we get back, we just land in Indianapolis and the flurry of quarterback activity takes place. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, we now see Carson Wentz. And so maybe, in spite of the impressive showing at the combine, maybe guys decided they will wait and see at the quarterback position rather than dive in with this class. And so we will see how many of these guys go in the first round. It was speculated maybe three would go. I don't know now because the dance car is filling up pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, but when you still look at the teams. Carolina, Steelers, Saints. There's still yeah. a good number of teams yeah. that don't have their guy. Even though these big names have kind of scattered, there's still some teams in a need here. So Colts. I, I don't, I don't really know. know. It's going to be fascinating. I think we're going to see a couple of them go in the first round. Now, the question is, who the heck are they? Is Kenny because still QB1? For me, he is. Entered the process as QB1. Exit the process as QB1.
5: Yeah. I think he's the best prospect. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a wild card because the, the Seattle Seahawks, ceiling. the Seattle Seahawks getting in nine, that changes the, the the equation depending on what no happens if they get a veteran free agent or if they go in the draft. So I don't know because Kenny Pickett can play that style, but man, they have Russell Wilson for a decade. Do they Does want to Malik go back? Malik Willis in? intrigue them there at nine. I think if they Malik, don't get Deshaun Watson. I think Malik Willis would be an intriguing prospect, even though I'm saying he's not ready. But I think he would certainly entice them based on the traits.
4: Man, there's... I mean, look, we keep talking about how this isn't, like, the strongest QB class in terms of what we saw last year. It might be the most intriguing, though, just because we just don't know, you know, where these guys are going to end up. So here we go. You go into your shower feeling tired,
0: but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it.
3: Tika.com.
4: There is some money to be spent. Interestingly enough, mm. the Indianapolis Colts, who just shed about 28 million of Carson Wentz, have 69 million, almost 70 million in cap space to lead the way. Dolphins, Seahawks, right behind them at just over 50 and just under 50 mil uh, to spend. Jets and Chargers up there in the top five as well. Now, when we look at the Indianapolis Colts, talked a little bit about Carson Wentz now out of there. They're going to need a quarterback here in some way, shape, or form think about the player in the in the position vacancies that they have for premier players. Quarterback is one. think we might have a good edge rusher in Pay, but they need a left tackle. Probably need a marquee cornerback too. So while they have a good roster, Bucky, they still need some top flight premier players at, at big time positions.
5: Uh, they certainly need big time players at premier positions because this is a team that is really solid. Offensive line is good. They get good pieces throughout the roster. But look, man, I the quarterback piece,
4: yeah, is that's
0: a huge. That's kind
5: piece. of important. It's, it's yeah. a huge piece. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm trying to take my rose-colored glasses off. But maybe Mitchell Trubisky. Hey, where yeah. do you go to school again? Where do you go to school, but? Oh, we just happen to share um degrees at the same yeah. time at North Carolina. But in terms of this, they probably get them at a nice price. Won't cost them too much to be able to get them. It might be more significant than anyone thinks, but. You get a solid quarterback who can play behind that offensive line in the running game. He's likely not going to turn the ball over a lot, and it would give the Colts an opportunity to continue to build up their team because they still were just a handful of plays away from being a playoff team. I think they are a playoff team, even if Mitchell Jabisky is the starting quarterback. Get on the phone
0: with Taron Armstead and get oh. him in the building. This just, just plug and play left tackle. This offensive line has been a strength of this football team, but that has been a glaring hole at left tackle. Yeah. You fill it with the premier free agent on the market, in my opinion, Taron Armstead. You got the money, just get it done.
4: There's some teams that are going to want his services now. I mean, yeah. Seahawks need a left tackle. Bengals, arguably, if they want to move Jonah Williams around, could need a left tackle. And you have to spend some money to get Taron Armstead, and clearly the Colts uh, have that cash. Let's get to the Dolphins here, because They've drafted some offensive linemen early in the last couple of drafts. Feels like they could still use some there. Uh, but on the defensive side, they've got some free agent and Emmanuel Ogba they got to figure out, and that might dictate where they go in free agency here.
0: Yeah, I love Jalen Phillips. Thought he was the most talented edge rusher in last year's draft class. But get him a running mate on the other side. Chandler Jones would be outstanding. Ooh, Can you imagine him going down ridiculous. there? Those two guys coming off of the edge. I saw a quote the other day where he said, I've mastered pass rushing. And, and I saw, and I, my first thought was, disagree? my first thought was, wow, that's pretty arrogant. My second thought was, ah, he's probably right. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's pretty much mastered it. So he's going to be in high demand, even though he's over the age of 30, he's still playing at a very high level.
5: Well, look, I, I like that thought because you want to make sure that Josh Ward, defensive coordinator, has enough weapons to throw out that t- or those talented offense in the division. But what about offensively? If you're going all in on Tua Tungvaluwa, yes, Teron Armstead would be in play. But how about Lakin Tomlinson, a guard? But because if you're player. going to run the football Why not bring somebody who is very familiar to the coaching staff? And so Lincoln Thompson really emerged, played well for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if you're able to address the offensive line, run the football effectively, you give Tua Tungvaluwa an opportunity to be an effective playmaker, equal opportunity. You went North Carolina, alma mater, then you come back with Duke, Duke Lake, yeah. I mean, coming right, off me last do. weekend, that's, that's, yeah, that's I, don't, really, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't who played that way on the whole? Who didn't talking about Duke? His last,
0: Coach K's last game, right? You guys, uh, you do guys spoiled it. his last game, yeah, huh?
5: Send him out! <laughs> wow, send him out with a nail! Oh, just so disrespectful. So, by the way,
4: some other guards that could be, thought of in that way. You know, Brandon Sheriff, Alex Kappa, you know, Ryan Jensen as a center. Uh, for for teams that need those the interior presence could be real interesting there. All right for the Seahawks, <laughs> offensive line sound familiar? Yeah, I'm going to steal <laughs> one of those names. Yeah. Ryan
0: Jensen to me yeah. uh, would be plug and play right now. Uh, Postic is a free agent, so you you plug him in, and then you also look at Joe Noteboom as somebody I think is intriguing because when he's got an opportunity to play, I think he's done some good things uh, for the Rams. So he's one of those sneaky. Players who don't have a
4: ton of experience, but could surprise you with what he makes because you get a little bit more athletic there. And considering the tenuous future of Andrew Whitworth, if you're the Rams, you might try to be hanging on to, to Joe No uh, knowing you know, you know what you got there. They've got some other dudes they gotta pay
5: now, as well. They can't pay everybody. And so when I think about the Seahawks, I think they get back to the identity. It has to be about the defense. And so adding a pass rusher, maybe a Hassan Reddick to come off the edge, someone that gives them he's energy, gonna get, he's gonna get gives them production, and then enables them to get back to playing the style of defense they want to play. Because remember, in their heyday, they were never about blitzing. They were about rushing with four, playing coverage, that cover three behind those four-man rushes. If they're able to do that, now they can play better defense against a division that certainly has some intriguing quarterback. Can I just let the nation know, though, who the Pacific Northwest
0: wants to come in at that quarterback position? You see the needs there, number Mm -hmm. one quarterback? Yeah. Oh, they want menchu baby. Let's let's oh, bring let's no. bring Manchu back oh, to yes. the northwest. Let's yeah, go. No, no, no. Let's get Gardner Menchu
4: Let him get some competition. Not that far from Pullman, right? Come yeah, on, come Pullman. on, come on, home. Let's get go on back. Oh, I, I love it. That's big time, right there. All right. Uh, so those are some teams with some free agency uh, money to spend. All right, Brent Musburger. So how do we hit the jackpot for the Raiders <laughs> in the offseason here? Sticking them in the body shop here. Remember, we already kind of talked about what the Broncos need to do now that they got the biggest piece of the puzzle in the quarterback in Russell Wilson. So we are using this body shop segment. To focus on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Bucky, where do you see the Raiders' biggest checklist, the checklist items uh, this offseason?
5: They need more big plays in the passing game. And the way that you can get big plays is adding more speed to the lineup. Chris Olave from Ohio State would be a perfect fit in this offense, being able to stretch the field, making plays. The guy knows how to put the ball in the paint. And when you think about Josh McDaniel's offense, they really covet route runners Outstanding route runner with big playability. To me, he would be a perfect fit.
4: The- is he there 22? Is the question after a fantastic combine? Uh, but that would, you know, that would certainly be a nice get for, for the for the Vegas Raiders.
0: No doubt. By the way, uh, Tom Telesco, general manager of the Chargers, will text Matt Money Smith when we play the Raiders because we call the games. Me and Money, and he'll say it's Brent Musburger week. <laughs> for money, <It's laughs> Musburger week, <laughs> baby. Try and gas him a up a little, but you got to bring your A game. That's it's go. Musburger. That's good. Uh, I'm going to go Travis Jones as an interior defensive lineman. I think would be a great fit yeah. for the Raiders with where they pick. Mm. He put on a show at the combine, guys. 325 yeah. plus pounds. Uh, and was moving, and the field workout was outstanding, coming off of an outstanding senior bowl. So to me, give him that interior guy to compliment Max Crosby and Ngakwe on the edges.
4: Yeah, and in terms of culture, Bucky, uh, that uh, Josh McDaniels is looking for, like, how does that shape what they want to do, both in free agency and the draft?
5: Well, the one thing we know about anyone who comes out of New England, they really uh, focus on attention to detail. Yeah, and for the Raiders, that has always been an issue. Team that typically is one of the tops when it comes to penalties. Um, execution isn't always consistent. Well. Josh McDaniels comes from a program where those things are coveted. I think that's a bit of a culture shift potentially for the Raiders. Can those guys embrace probably a more rigid or more structured uh, way of going about doing their business? I just can't look at a
0: picture of... Coach McDaniel's and not think Hunter Renfro is going to catch 200 balls in this offseason. <laughs> oh, a million! He might catch two. I mean, how many a balls? A million are catch? balls
5: for sure.
4: I mean, he's got everything he wants. He's got the tight end and Waller. He's got yeah. the slot wide out in Renfro. What's he? What else does he need? Man. Right. And, and by the way, nobody's going to be talking about the Raiders this offseason
0: with what Denver did and the two big quarterbacks with the Chargers and lurking the
4: in the tall yeah. grass. There are the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, so they are in the body shop and they're going to come out uh, a contender in this division. And some moments at the combine certainly might impact what we see happen and names that get called in Las Vegas and we also had a moment at the combine that wasn't related to a player that was participating Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars placing a franchise tag now for a second season on their left tackle Cam Robinson who was a second round pick a few years ago out of Alabama Uh, so we would kind of thought that the Jaguars might be moving towards another left tackle from Alabama and Evan Neal Now they franchise Cam for a second straight year. Does that take tackle off the board at number
5: one? So there are a couple things that that could be a play. I would say let's look at the offensive line. Let's think about Doug Peterson and what he had at his disposal in Philadelphia. They always had one of the top offensive lines. So maybe this is a move that is a stopgap maneuver that allows you to have Cam Robinson on one side, Walker Little on the other side. But maybe it frees you up to take a guy like Ike Kwanu, maybe someone who's not quite, quite as polished, but as a big body, maybe you play him inside a guard for a year, then move him outside, left tackle the second year. I think everything that you're doing for Jacksonville is about protecting the quarterback. Might be about fortifying that offensive so line. So it doesn't
4: take players. offensive line off the board at number one. So. Where do you feel like they're going now, Deech? Well, to me, Buck brings up a good point.
0: Evan Neal's played guard at Alabama as well for a whole season. So you could, you could yeah. put either one of those guys inside for a year. I think, though, signs are pointing towards an edge rusher, and I think that edge rusher is Aiden Hutchinson. To me, it's... Park that thing right in the dead middle of the fairway. And when you go look at that combine workout, don't look at 40 times. Nobody cares inside personnel rooms about the 40 time. Look at the 10 time, which was really good, and the three cone, which was outstanding. And the workout,
4: which was also phenomenal. No doubt. But now, how does that affect the draft board of the Detroit Lions, who our Tom Pelissero is reporting will release Trey Flowers, big free agency acquisition a couple of years ago uh, next week. So... Maybe they go edge rusher number two. They're at number two. But it's time now to, I think, go in the sticks. Uh, Oh, here we go. Yeah, we got to see the forest through the trees here. So take us in the sticks. What do you got? Well,
0: literally, it's in the sticks, and I know it well because it's Appalachian State. It's linebacker DeMarco Jackson, who, to me, uh, is an outstanding player. Has a chance to go. I think could sneak into the third round. Probably the fourth round is a sweet spot. Ran 4-5-5 at the combine. He can rush the quarterback as a blitzer. He can cover. Had a great senior bowl. So, to me, I think he's somebody that – Just get to know the name
5: a little bit. He's going to be a good player. I mean, how could we forget the name? I mean, the guy is Mr. All... App State, and yeah. here we go. Like mm-hmm. one of our first shows back in studio, and we talk what about do we do? App State guys. Mountain's right like out the gate. I and just like
4: Mike uh, yeah. McFadden, Ty Fry Fogel <laughs> Like, do I need to like, I just mean, rattle off uh, just to fit in here for a little just, bit? By
0: the way, I met your head coach in the elevator. Tom Allen, great man. Phenomenal guy. Yeah. Super nice guy. Our, he lost his voice. I his asked well. him about you. He said, never heard of you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't say lie. Wow. Uh, you guys, man. Uh, So yeah, we're just having some fun with our, we got some Homer Homer love all over the place today. We got the UNC love, we got the App State love. Yeah. Um, are we going to get another quarterback move here? Let's yeah, go. What, what do we got? Who's next? I feel like we all the big quarterback moves that we've been talking about for years now <laughs> finally happened, drop. right? Now, I, I figured Sam Darnold's going to happen yeah. there. Let's what are the see? Panthers going to do A quarterback? Man, ah, that's a course, s- subject for another episode here on Move the Sticks. Thanks so much for being with us here this Thursday. For Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, I'm Rhett Lewis, our hardworking crew behind the cameras. We appreciate all <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, coffee mugs. See you next week. <laughs>
2: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
6: This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen.